Hi, welcome to the Holsby Mark podcast show. And today I'm reading Muhammad's Descent by Skylized. The prophet experiences his final fall. Two figures stood atop a skyscraper in Wilmington, Delaware. One man saw action as a reconnaissance. Recon Marine had been retired for 15 years. The other figure, Muhammad, stood covered in chains. Louis Lee Bandefield, a retired staff sergeant, faped on his e-cigarette. He looked at Muhammad's face, gnarled and sneering. His eyes looked like scorpions, his mouth as a camel spider. His nose appeared as a bumpy road protruding from his face. His beard appeared as a pit of vipers. You know that you've been a scourge for centuries now? Muhammad stood like a wilted leaf. You're so infamous for not allowing your mug to be captured in drawings, paintings and films. I can see why an artist wouldn't draw you. You are ugly as hell. What's that's beside the point? You, you have prevented people from pursuing your image because of ideology issues. Let me tell you something. You're no idol. You're nothing to be worshipped. I don't want. I didn't want to die. Mohammed shrieked. It's a little too far for appeals. Your your mentality, your evil far outweighs any and all requests to spare your life. But I am the prophet. Yes, you are. Your reign of terror comes to an end in just a few seconds. No, no, I protest. I am the prophet Muhammad. I demand that you loosen the chains that are from around me. I'm not. It's not going to happen. This great trooper reached to the sky, in all of its two of its one thousand. 500 feet. You can strike the ground. That will be the end of you. No more martyrdom. No more carrying out the worst actions in, in the name of something that is afraid of betrayed. You have lost all ties in the world of living because your identity is about death and destruction of man, woman and child the world over for all these years. You are, about, you are due to meet death. Banfield then slipped on a black body bag over the prophet with a plastic screen to show his face. He moved methodically with precision that spoke of his days and the corpse. Mohammed began to sob. No sense of crying there, Mo. You had decades to do that. Instead, you inspired some of the most heinous crimes against rationality or all. Life-longing individuals the world over. Worse than words can convey. For being the terror that has plagued the earth. For this long you deserve nothing but a death like this. So many people have seen your, this death because they allegedly besmirched your name by drawing a picture of you. Muffled, Mohammed said, but I am sorry. That's insignificant, Mo. All the people that died in your name never got the chance to say that their case is against you. Some may never be have never heard of your name, but people who committed these atrocities knew your name but not your likeness. There must be something I can do. I'd do anything, you name it. I'll become a philanthropist. I'll start up my own non-profit organisation. I'll do anything. I expected you to have some shredded dignity by yourself, but your grovelling has led me to believe that you less than nothing in life, and you're going to a non-existence for your many, too many crimes perpetrated against good people. Your whole 
entire being excludes fishiness and awfulness. Your estimation of women, gays, and children is legendary in a negative-ish sense. Those inspired by your words are, are mutilated and murdered those folks. All should see this death, and you're about to meet. You're about to meet. Bandifield positioned Mohammed at the edge of the building, squared up with the Prophet and delivered a swift left kick to Mohammed. He fell with a body bag zipped around him, still despite the height. Mohammed's descent seemed to look like a piece of lumberlith breaking off the same some ancient structure. The entire sheet had been closed off at the event. Once Mohammed struck the ground, the people surrounding the dead prophet rejoiced. You've been listening to the Holes of Vilmar podcast show, and I've been reading Mohammed's Descent by Skylized S-K-Y-L-E-R-I-Z-E-D. Holes of Vilmar podcast show. Reading... Another story by Sterilized, Skylized, sorry, a near high-tech lynching on a dusty road lined with trees in Lewis, Delaware, the moonlight penetrated 33-year-old Philip Kobe on an added amount of light that his smartphone provided. His skin looked like coffee grounds. He looked for a ride-sharing service vehicle. He'd been running late. He walked with his head in the screen. Just as he picked up his face, there stood before him four white men, one with a noose. The three others held a camera with a light affixed to it, a laptop and a microphone, respectfully. Today's your lucky day, fella, Wilkins Wilton said. He held at the noose. You're going to be put on our website. The entire world to see. We're definitely going to get you some ouch of chat donations and subscribers off this one, Milton continued. Four men approached Kobe's face. He n- never feared. He made a sudden voices, moves. He just made a motion for his smartphone to his mouth. Sussex County. Emergency. May I, how may I assist your call? Yes, I've got three men. They're trying to cost me. Where is your location, sir? I'm just a few hundred miles away from Zellia Museum in the woods. The whole time the white man just stood there with their arms folded. They didn't even try to attack or strike Kobe anyway. We have a patrol car out there in a few minutes, okay? Yes, thank you. The cameraman, Felix Hope, the microphone man, Sam Yellen, and Lapstock. Carrier Arthur Gaskins looked perplexed. Why would you call the cops on us? Wilton asked. You got a noose. You got the noose. What's this? We're filming. Well, dear, what's this? We're filming a documentary base series based on a record of lynchings that occurred in Delaware. Just a proper movie. There's no way that we intended to cause any harm. There's only a few lynchings compared to the places like Mississippi and other places about the fact that black people burned, beaten, shot and stabbed and strung up in America still resonates. Kobe stared down the choice. He wanted to believe this story, so he called him Merchant Lion. 
Sussex County Emergency. May how may I assist you? Yes, I'm the young man who just called in about the group trying to attack me. Hold off. Sending my any patrol cars. I just want I just wait for my ride. Okay, sir. If you have any issues in the future, call again. Thanks. See, that's it. We just happened to see you walking, Wellington said. We figured that you'd be a make, be a great candidate for our film. It's tenderly titled Della Lynch, Wellington said. Look, we have a script and release papers on a tablet you can you to sign. Oop. Said. Kobe reviewed the document, digital documents. It's all looked legit. If you could, if you could just jot down your signature, we can be business as a whole vigil. Gaskin said. I'm not too sure about this. I mean, people died horrible deaths in the past. I don't want to be part of that legacy. And you won't be, Wilton said. Where is that ride, Kobe thought. Look, Ox said, you can appear in his vigil and we'll split the profits of you. You can look up a you can get up a quarter of what we get, split four ways. Kobe didn't pray or consider society saving his tail. He just stood there and looked at each, each and every one of the filmmakers in the eye. There's no way that could be part of this thing, Kobe says. Bodies all chopped up and the rest swinging from the trees. Oh, that's it. That's just it, mate. We're going to be have a real life American, African American star in this documentary. That will feature reenactments from from talents such as yourself. Well, said we're going. We're looking forward to you being a part of this movie picture. I'm looking forward to living the rest of the night. Four white boys roll up on me in the middle of Sussex County. It's on it because. Well, some of the most famous lynches in Delaware took place in Newcastle County. I'm from Wilmington. I just came down over here to visit my niece. Whatever it is that you want to do, do it without me. I don't want to cut off the profits from this weird movie, nor do I want to be brought into a high-tech lynching. It's your choice, Ox said. We're just trying to get an internet video on the web to pay, pay off film school bills. Yes, he said. We tried to secure the light rights to music, permits to shooting, current locations, and put all messages there to the audience hungry for credible content. We went to Dunham Earl for film and television arts. It's rather pricey once you get, get through all the years. Dafter certainly is not the faint of heart. Kobe looked down and then picked up again with a grin to his face. I know, I can film with you. All of you with the noose around your necks. We do it one at a time. Each of you rotating the camera and the microphone. The trio looked at each other. I don't know about don't know about that, Wilson said. We're trying to keep the essence of true to life happening. So when all the people are people. My people? No, that's the tribe's area. I don't consider myself a black. I am no I have no people. I'm a man of colour, happens to live in America. I'm not bound by any stating that I'm a black man. My skin's dark, that's all. I don't subscribe to the same ideas, morals, or customs of my fellow mentioned rich human beings. That one's the biggest lie that's been received, preserved against people all around the globe. That's because you have a certain hue. You're ultimately connected to people who look around you. There's no way of being a black man. I'm just a proud man. Okay, okay. Look, we'll do this. Maybe it'll get us some money. We'll try your idea. 
But you have to sign this digital document, Wilson said. Kobe took the silence and sketched his name on the line. The three men looked like prisoners with their noose wrapped around each other, their necks. One at a time, the expression on their faces told a tale of discomfort and disgust. At each one passed the noose to another. Kobe held a comb comb steady. That's it now. Hold the pose, just like this, Kobe said. Okay, you've got your shop. Hand the camera back, Wilton said. Kobe abided. And when and where will this be posted? It'll be on our blog site, along with the ultra chats. We we also get paid through advertising revenue. You know what I think? I just made a monumental piece of history. Instead of a man of colour being castrated, shot, stabbed, murdered, strung up to a tree, I made a portrait of a man who happened to be lighter complexion, experiencing what it's like to have that rope slid around your necks. You made history of a certain system of your actions today, guys, Kobe said. The three of them looked at each other. Just trying to pay, pay down student, student loan debt. We always want, we don't, we don't never want you to any trouble. There's no way we ever hurt you in any way. Any trouble? Like the kind of thousands of black people faced in June Grove South. Trouble like two centuries of bondage. Trouble like that. I've never been hurt in my life. Sure, I've had some low, but never, points, but never a point of depression. I've never let anyone rob me of a spend of living life. We didn't commit any of those old atrocities. That's why we're out here. We wish to pick the cruelty of some white people. Kobe nodded. I agree with you. White guilt was more power than dirty than black unity. It's no white person they could be held responsible for the ghosts of their forefathers. It's simply not their f- fault. Like all of you, these ill treatments took place in Delaware or from El- wherever. The hell does not include his descendants. Your grandfather's grandfather, grandfather is not you. Wilton, Yellen and Kreskin all began to smile. It wasn't a smile, he smiles, but, but of a man redeemed the fact that the honest man being the surface, that's black men people would reject. They took in the reality the tie evening. They set the position. As filmmakers, the camera turned on them. Kobe squared up with a four of them. This couldn't have been an ugly night. It, it could have been a bloody scene without, for that evening. Just because your chemical makeup is different than mine, we could have had a real fisticuffs or worse. There's no telling what could have happened. I could have been found dead with my body bloated in the air, swinging from right to left. All three of you would have been clobbered and left for dead. But our thinking minds prevailed. I know that sounds like redundancy, but in today's world, you've got to point out that you are the idle minds that tracked as engines running in the fields. No driver. It said I met all of you. Connected with your story, I see through your eyes, with all your posing like that, it will make a definite indentation in the minds of those who view the documentary. I think that's well, I think that we can certainly turn a penny with this portion of the film. We're turning your camera lens on something that few people know, and some would care to know, but we're going to show it anyway. We conclude your section of the piece and use it as a poster in the trailer. I, it would be a surprise moment to see the three of us with a noose around our necks. It would show the witness of the time period following slavery, Jim Crow's claws, snatched at the state of Delaware. That's why we're going to allow you to be with the first screen the movie, Op said. 
We're going to definitely keep the footage of you shot at us. We could change we we could change minds. With this scene we were able to incorporate the sight of white people being subject to perversity for all those years of injustice. Is it proxen of the gloriness of the history with our lives sails tied to the tree, but history in history the flip side of the idea of white men wearing a noose of one will shock some and mortify others. This may may be our big break. You've been a part of it. You say that racism will end tonight with this footage, but I think we'll make a headway. The theme will be betrayed, Milton said. Precisely, show that portion of the film, and you'll get a hundred thousand subscribers, Kobe said. We have your signature and your name, and we're able to drop your percentage of proceeds, Milton said. I appreciate that. The real lesson should be learned here. The fact that racism is stupid, with every angle, is a brutish practice. It's brutish theory that persists because of irrationalism. The more weaker the mind, the more inclined to be set of overish nature of racism. The history of it made it made for a rancorous novel or movie, but it's marred by blood of millions of experience its vicious hand. The idea that someone's genes have determined the intelligence of personality is laughable in a scientific way. It should be thrown out of the room, but its scientific contract racism has permitted every facet of American culture and stands throughout the world. What we ought to do is consider the idea that skin does not determine who you are. A poor car pulled up with five men standing in the dark. My ride has arrived, Kobe said. I'll see you guys on the internet. This is Holsey Mark Podcast Show. I've been reading a story by Skylies. Skylies. S K Y E R I Z E D. A high tech lynching. Fire and Ash. A rebellion against hell. Kindle edition. By known as Ash. Three pound fifty four. Available on www.amazon.co.uk Here is a sample of Known by Ash's book. Fire and Ash Silver sliver of salava drips from your tongue Yet so black, so glory your voice sounds The sparkles reflect on my eyes and into my heart and gently caress my mind, ripping it apart. So innocently it rains, so mildly said, your words are so menacingly meant. The flame that flickered in your eyes, magnified intensely with your lies. You are just like them, just like them. There's no difference between now and then. First the demons, then the devil. I waltz for them all, without a fall. If I let down the hill of pain tonight, because died the fire that was once a light. Fire to my dress, my eyes to ash, the flames are licked away, and there remains left. Ashbark. Vivid like the green trees, fading like the auburn leaves, screaming like the merciless wind, singing like the welcoming ocean, like the fire on a frigid winter night. Shining like the blithe starlight, pure like the the water lily, yet like the shadow of the white rose, distant like the moon, the warmth of the spring sun, smoothing like the 
droplets of rain, fierce like the dancing hurricane. If there is love, then I pray to love you until my heart becomes the silver colour of our ash-back bark. Him and the fireflies dance within his eyes ablaze. His extraterrestrially flame soul, raw, pure, and yet seething with darkness. His heart ripped at the edges, torn at the seams, and yet whole, the perfect master class, and an asphyxiatic. His mind's gently chaotic, after flowing with colours, twisting in spirals, tornadoes, calm, beautifully moulded, structured in the most perfect manner, with a few imperfections. His fire burnt brighter, like a forest alight fiercely. A person that could handle the world, a person that the world couldn't handle. Haunted. Have you? Have I ever told you you're haunting me? You flaunt of avid gaze, lingering on mine, bantering, testing, your rough hands holding my delicate, brave, bare heart. My soul, bless, fully bonded to yours, waiting for the next thrilling move. The following has been read by Mark Anthony Rains of the Holes of Mark podcast show. Thank you for listening. Bye. Holes Mark podcast show. Reading the Raven by Edgar Allan Poe, published in 1845. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly nipping, suddenly there came a tapping, as some one gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. That's some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this, and nothing more. Oh, distinctly, I remember, it was a bleak December, and each separate dying ember brought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I have sought to borrow. From my books, surcreased of sorrow, sorrow for the last Lenore. The rare and radiant maiden, whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here for evermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain filled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating that some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some latent visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This is it, and nothing more. Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating no longer. Sir, said I, oh, madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came tapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you here, I open wide the door. Darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness, peering long, I stood there wandering, fearing, doubting, dreaming, dreams, no mortal ever dreamed to dream before. 
but the silence was unbroken. The stillness gave no token. Only one word was spoken, was the whispered word, the more. This I whispered, an echo murmured back, murmured back the word, the more. Merely this and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again I heard a tapping, somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely, that is something at my window lattice. Let me see, then, what fret it is, and its mysterious explore, mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and in mystery explore, thus the wind, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when, then, when, with many a flit and flutter, in stepped the stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least a beaded sense made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mine of lord or lady, perched before, above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of Peleus, just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore, through the crest it shone and shaven now, I said that art shall no graven, ghastly grim and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me, what thy lord name is on the night's plutonian shore, quoteth the raven, nevermore. Much I have travelled, is in gaily foul to hear, discourse so plainly, though its answers little meaning, little rever- with reverence he bore. For he cannot help disagreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, Bird or beast upon the sculptured bus above his chamber door, with the same such a name as Nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bus, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word did outpour. Nothing ma- further than he ma- then he muttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than bump muttered. Our friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me and my host have flown before. Then the raven said, Nevermore. Stated, startled at the stillness broken, my reply so aptly spoken. Doubtless, said I, what it, what it utters is only stock and store, caught from some unhappy master, who a merciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs once burden bore, till the dredges, dredges of his hope and melancholy burden bore of never, never more. But the raven still beguiling, in my fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of the bird and burst and door. Then upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy to fancy, Thinking that this anonymous bird of yore, what what his grim, ungainly, ghastly caught, an anonymous bird of yore, met in croaking, nevermore.
This I sat in engaging, quick guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose furry eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining with the lamp light gloated over. But whose velvet violet lining with red lamp light gloating over she shall she shall press ah never more then me fault the air grew denser perfume of unseen censer swaying by his superior pin of in whose footfalls twinkle tinker on the flutter floor wrench i cried thou god have left thee lent leave by these angels he have sent thee Respite, respite, the Nefertiti, from the memories of Lenore, quaif, or quaif, this kind, Nefertiti, and forget this loss, and Lenore, quoteth the raven, never know. Prophet, said I, twin of evil, prophet still, it's bird or devil, whom tempest sent, or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate, yet still undaunted, at this desert land enchanted, on this home by haunted, horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Jilam indeed? Tell me, tell me, I implore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by the heaven that breathes above us, by the God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden, if from distant Inadian, it still shall grasp of sainted maiden, whom the angels name the more, grass of rare and radiant maiden, whom the angels name the more, quoted of a raven nevermore. Be that word our sign in parting, bird of fiend, fiend I shriek, upstarting, get thee back into the tempest of the night's plutonium shore. Leave no black plume as a token, or that lie thy soul has spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bus above my door. Take my beak from my heart. Take thy form from my door. Quote the raven evermore. And the raven never fitting, still is sitting, still is sitting, on the placid bust of Patus, just above my chamber door. His eyes has all the seeming of a demon that is dreaming, and the lamb light over him streaming throws his shadow on the floor, and my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted evermore. You've been listening to the holes of the Mark Podcast Show. I've been reading The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe, published in 1845.